What's up, gangsters? Welcome back to the Basic Podcast. For episode 122, I was joined by an old friend, Bader Fikri. So, Bader has lost a bit of weight and was kind enough to come on the podcast and share his journey with us. Now, me and Bader go way back. I already know of this story, and I'm not going to lie. Hearing it in detail was inspiring as fuck. As I said, me and Bader, we go way back. We've had our first share of adventures some of which I'm surprised didn't make it into the episode. Mostly the ones about Burger King drive-thrus and Spinney's cheese puff stories, but Bada actually played a huge part in my very, very, very short MMA career. He managed to get me some sponsorship for a couple of fights and even let me use him as a, as a grappling dummy, which was very kind of him. In this episode, Bada shares what he learned on his journey from over 160 kg down to 80 kg. Yes, that's 80 fucking kilos. 80 kilos. Bada's motivation for losing weight was largely due to health reasons and his desire to improve his appearance. But as he explains in the episode, he soon realized the massive emotional and psychological benefits of becoming healthier. With some sound guidance and support, Bada went from being told he'll need dialysis just to stay alive to running a damn marathon. Mad. We discussed what he learned, why he did it, how he did it, what he actually did, some of his training nutrition protocols, and most importantly, his mindset through the mission. Bada, thank you, man, so much for sharing your story, coming on, being vulnerable, being a good dude, and thank you for the coffee. Enjoy episode 122 of the Base Free Podcast with Bada Fikri. What's up, gangsters? Welcome back to the Base Free Podcast. For episode 122, I was joined by an old friend, Bada Fikri. So Bader has lost a bit of weight and was kind enough to come on the podcast and share his journey with us. Now, me and Bader go way back. I already know of this story and I'm not going to lie. Hearing it in detail was inspiring as fuck. As I said, me and Bader, we go way back. We've had our first share of adventures, some of which I'm surprised didn't make it into the episode. Mostly the ones about Burger King drive throughs and Spinney's cheese puff stories, but... Bada actually played a huge part in my very, very, very short MMA career. He managed to get me some sponsorship for a couple of fights and even let me use him as a, as a grappling dummy, which was very kind of him. In this episode, Bada shares what he learned on his journey from over 160 kg down to 80 kg. Yes, that's 80 fucking kilos. 80 kilos. Bada's motivation for losing weight was largely due to health reasons and his desire to improve his appearance. But as he explains in the episode, he soon realized the massive emotional and psychological benefits of becoming healthier. With some sound guidance and support, Bada went from being told he'll need dialysis just to stay alive to running a damn marathon. Mad. We discussed what he learned, why he did it, how he did it, what he actually did, some of his training nutrition protocols, and most importantly, his mindset through the mission. Bada. Thank you, man, so much for sharing your story, coming on, being vulnerable, being a good dude, and thank you for the coffee. Enjoy episode 122 of the Base Free Podcast with Bada Fikri. In college. I'm just going to roll this. And uh, when we did video production in college, he went on to become like a professional video yeah. videographer. And I, I think that's even like a bit of an insult to say that because usually when you say things like videographer, it's like... Oh, it's a YouTube guy. But, um, sorry, is that better? That's much better. Check one, two. 
three. That's great. Um, but where did that come from? What was the reason behind okay. starting that? Okay. Um, I think before we do anything, let's give some context to how I know you. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, this is episode like 120 something. I have no idea what we're doing. And Welcome. I'm with Bad and Fikri. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Thank you for having me on. It's really good pleasure. to see you. Um, go over to Bad's YouTube channel now and check him out because this is an audio podcast and he's a beautiful man. So you should go and look what he looks like. Well, I've been told I have a face for radio <laughs> as well. So. I'm serious. I'm not taking the piss. Um, okay. Uh, Bada, what's the story? So why we sat here today? How do we know each other? I think you could tell it better than me. Ooh, um, wow, wow, what a what let's a cool let's do how we know each other first. Sure, you go first. So I started CrossFit in 2012. Do you know uh, what? This is funny because this will tie into the story. Is yeah. Paul Miranda messaged me yesterday, going, um, "Oh, I can't come down to the burn room, can I?" I was like, "They probably won't let you," he, <laughs> but he meant here. But it's just the burn room. It's, it's the first time in a long time someone's referenced the burn room. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I I had gone to the burn room. Uh, my grandmother had died in 2012. I was quite overweight and. Um, in accordance with like local traditions here, like your your blood's supposed to bury you, and I was incapable of even helping like my family move her body. And at the time, I must have been about maybe 120, 130 kilos. I'd I'd been on the heavier side for a couple of years at that point. I'd stopped playing rugby for injuries reasons and various other things. And I'd started coming down to the burn room just to train because it was something to do first thing in the morning before work. Mm. Um, that's when I had my primary introduction to CrossFit and, and meeting you. Mm. But you've done a bunch of, you did a bunch of training before that, right? No? I did, um, I did some PT work with a friend of mine, Ed Nicholas, in, in 2006 and seven. I'd lost about 10, 15 kilos. And played a bit of rugby? Played a lot of rugby. Yeah. I grew up playing rugby here. I played for the Dubai Exiles from eight to 30 years old. So I'm 41 now. Oh, so yeah. it's been 11 years that nice. I haven't played. Um, but, you know, uh, so I've, I've always been active my yeah. whole life. Like, but I think after university is when I dropped off. You mm -hmm. know, when you're young and you're earning money for the first time and, you know, you, you want to party and you're single, you know, Dubai has all the vices kind of set up for you. In, most in of them. Most of them <laughs> set up for you in, in, in those circumstances. So for me, it was, uh, it was a lot of excess mm. and not enough discipline despite trying to be active. Okay. But I mean... Let's let's look at this from a larger context. Uh, I've I've always been active my whole mm -hmm. life, but I'd always been on the heavier side. And when I was driving here today, I was trying to think about why that was. And I've actually been thinking about it for the last couple of years. Okay. And not to get too philosophical on you. No, but, go um, go deep, go deep. But uh, this is me being really vulnerable as yeah. well. So I I don't know. I maybe it. maybe it w won't resonate with a couple of your members. Maybe it will. Uh, who knows? Anybody listening? Um, I just feel that as humans, and and I I recognize this in me um, from a very young age. I could have been eight, maybe maybe nine, when I recognized that. Hey, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. I feel really sad about things and and uh i i don't know what it is and this is something i actually only talked to my mom about recently i've never actually publicly spoken about this is that at that time right up till i was 39 years old i never imagined my life after 40 i've never people would always be like what will you do if you have kids what will you do if you have 
grandkids and stuff and that never as a child as a teenager I never I was like well I'm not going to be here oh, I wow. just I don't I don't know what it is that that was made me feel like that um and I d you know a lot of people are very open to say you know let's talk about having depression or or uh, or you know anxiety and things like that and I don't I don't know if I can attribute it to that okay. I don't think it's it's that simple uh, you know, and I, I, what I've semi kind of figured out in my own way is that I'm, I'm living in a body that's fundamentally you and I as humans have not changed in the last hundred thousand years. No. You know, like I think there was like a couple of primates that got off the trees, looked across the savannah and then ran. And that's where I think we're just a couple of hundred years from there, you know, right. and and I think uh, as, as a species, we rely heavily on dopamine. Yeah. And I definitely feel that. Likes like, on Instagram. Yeah, the, not just the likes I'm on Instagram, <laughs> but I mean, just, just our lives today. We live in excess. Yeah, we never no. have to worry about food. We never have to worry about we. I'd say we, yes, and you and me, we're very fortunate. Yeah. You know, we can live the lives we want. We don't have to worry you know, about where our next meals are coming from. And I'd like to say that's probably the case for about 80% of the planet. Right. Or I could be horribly wrong and just, and it could be 20% of the planet, but everyone I seem to interact with have, have that uh, thing. And with that comes the caveats of like our primal selves not being fulfilled. So I think that, you know, so when you say that you, you didn't see yourself living before 40, is that something is you think after that's, 40, after 40, yeah. is, is that just cause you weren't, do you think that's because you have were worried about health concerns that thought that you wouldn't make it to 40 or just, you just never saw past it? I don't think I ever saw past it. I, as a teenager, I, I guess, like I grew up in the nineties, right? So I was listening to a lot of Nirvana and stuff. Mm. I said, and you know, the lyrics were like, I, th I remember there was a Beavis and Butthead movie and there was a song by Nirvana that was, I think a minute 30 long called, I hate myself and I want to die. Yeah. And it just resonated with me. I was like, maybe this is that feeling I've had for the last five, six years okay. of why, why can't I see my life beyond 40? Right. But just to come back to that, like, I think, I think I, as as a human being i'm i'm very much understanding that like my body's made to adapt to things right i have to be able to find things that aren't just satiating but like finding highly palatable foods and holding on to things and 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 storing stuff yeah and that will give me my dopamine rush okay. i didn't realize as a child that you know having to struggle a little bit harder going longer maybe between meals, doing physically hard things, doing emotionally hard things, being vulnerable like I am now with you. Yeah. It creates that dopamine uh, fix that I, I might need in my life and then maybe I might turn around and say, you know what, I'm not depressed. Maybe I'm just dopamine depleted. Yeah. And and I, I figured that out just before I showed up here and and I mean, I still struggle with it every day. I will always struggle with, with like my... my uh, dopamine i'd say mm -hmm. and maybe they equate to mental issues who knows okay. I, I i'll never know but i accept those things you yeah. know you have to understand that these feelings that come and go these dopamine hits they will come and go but like my my life as as a whole is i'm fundamentally better i mean uh, how old do you say you are now i'm 41 now okay so i 
I was told in thir- in 2018, five years, four years ago, four years ago, they they were like, you won't live beyond six months with the way state of your health right now. Okay. And they were like, you need to go on dialysis and uh, really reconsider your diet. I got given the whole. Um, sort of story that you you tend to get from run-of-the-mill doctors and then um, was was the uh, suffer any health issues related to that because you were uh, heavier than you are now but you weren't the biggest dude no i was huge um <laughs> I'll, I'll just give some context so after i left the burn room i did brazilian jiu-jitsu for about two years yeah that's right got injured and i just decided to throw myself into work i wanted to earn as much money as possible yeah. and uh and I just, I ate my feelings. Okay. I mean, you know me well enough. I'm, I'm not a, what do you think of that coffee? Sorry. Oh, man. So, um, oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Was it, okay, Brad had bought me in some cold brew. And it's fused with what maple syrup? Uh, just the normal Spinney's maple syrup, the oh, one that oh. comes in the glass bottle. Always buy maple syrup in glass. That tends to be the good quality stuff. Mm. Um, oh, I needed I, that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know how uh, cold brew can be really, really bitter. Yeah, yeah. No, That's no. got no edge to it. That's awesome. I'm, mm. I'm going to try stevia soon. Ooh. So I'll, I'll just give some context, sorry, to go back to it. So in 2015, I, I just decided to throw myself into work. Yeah. And I was eating anywhere between twelve to 15,000 calories a day. I'd eat... I'd eat um, you know, massive like uh, Zato's eight rolls in the morning. I'd have a couple of Red Bulls. I'd eat like a whole Nando's chicken and fries at, at lunch. I'd eat two pizzas at dinner with cheesecake. And uh, yeah, it was like a, a downward lot. spiral yeah. for me. And and I was eating my feelings. I was eating my dopamine yeah. shortage, you know. Uh, and and the, the more I ate, the better I felt and the more reclusive I became. And... I mean, you've known me a long time. I've always been an insecure person. So imagine that insecurity at like a heightened level. And I got really, really fat. I think my pants were a size 54. Okay. And I, well, I couldn't well, wear a 4XL shirt anymore. I had to cover my belly at work with like a blanket because I couldn't button my shirts. What were you kilos wise, weight wise? Do you know what you were at? Was your so highest? my heaviest I got was about 164 kilos. That was okay. what my weight at home measured me at. And I wouldn't go on the doctor scale yeah. because I was just terrified. Okay. And, uh, you know, I woke up one morning, I'd, I'd vomited, uh, which had a lot of mucus and blood. And I went to the toilet and I, I peed blood. Yeah. And, and I panicked, so I, I rushed to the hospital, and they were like, you're looking pre-diabetic, and your heart, your resting heart rate's 158. Cool. And they were like, you're in a constant fight or flight mode, and you're severely sick, you have massive cyst in your stomach, and we'll, we'll do a biopsy and look at it. So they had a look at this cyst, and they said, look, we could re- recommend moving part of your stomach, or, you know, put you on dialysis, change your diet, see how it goes. And at the time, uh, a friend of mine, Minhao, who I'd trained the with minister. on... Yeah, the minister. Uh, had gone from being a client at Inner Fight to working at another gym to actually becoming a, a coach at Inner Fight. And he just called me randomly. He's like, hey, man, I'm at Inner Fight. I saw you stop going. And I was like, man, I was in tears on the phone. I was just like, uh, man, I... I, I been given this bad news and he said well come in let's talk about it and we came we went in and i told him i said i think i've got to do this dialysis thing and he said man if you do that you'll be on it for the rest of your life mm. 
he was like, give this a go. But he was like, if you give this a go, like, really give it a go. He was like, really lean into that pain, lean into that. Everything you've got, use it because it's going to be nothing but hard to, to going forward. Mm. And I said, sure. I mean, I was vomiting a lot and, and at the time. And, you know, we started, started day by day, started day by day, man. It was like 400 meter walks, sled pulls, sled drags, um, uh, you know, kettlebell, uh, just kettlebell deadlifts at like eight kilos. <laughs> just to start moving. Just, just, just to start moving. I was so heavy that like I couldn't, I couldn't buy shorts, man couldn't buy shorts to wear I had to wear track pants I ordered track pants from the states and I had like a 5xl t-shirt and I wore it every day I was like I'm gonna wear this every single day um, you know we dropped 20 kilos nice drop 30 kilos I started moving a little bit better I started going to Min Minhal has these classes called morning movement morning movement that's right started doing morning movement classes yeah. and, and started getting this momentum but it wasn't just like the gym stuff, right? I had to change my diet up. And at, at this point, you could imagine, like, for a fat person, a lot of people will turn around and say, you know, oh, I've got to drastically change my diet. Yeah. And Minhal, again, with the wisdom, came to me. He said, listen, let's, let's rework some things. But he was like, you can't demonize food. He's yeah. like, you need a foundation for the rest of your life. You need like something. That. So we went through my diet and he cleaned it up. He was like, you know, this is... 60% good he said it's a lot of bullshit but I'm sorry I didn't mean to swear but oh, so like, as much as you want man yeah fantastic um, he was like you know it's a lot of bullshit yeah. in your diet but let's let's clean this up so you know we, we started you know he, he said there's nothing wrong with things like white rice yeah he said figure out when you need to eat it figure out your protein figure out your steps you know he was like if you're going to be having two ice creams in a day understand that you have to take those arbitrary steps that podiatrists recommend every day to make up for those calories ultimately you need to be in a calorie deficit but be at a calorie deficit with nutrient-dense food very good advice and and i did it and just around that time i think it was december 2019 was when david goggins book came out okay. can't hurt me yeah and i must have listened to that book about five times <laughs> in 2019 and I would put on headphones and I'd go out and walk and I would walk and walk and I, I started 400 meters I remember my first walk I walked 400 meters I was crying because my feet hurt so much I sat down I listened to a whole chapter which was an hour and a half and then I walked back home nice 400 meters became 500 meters that's amazing 500 meters became 600 meters 600 meters went up to 1100 meters one day yeah and then I just started jogging like 500 meters, 500 meters. And then one day I said, I think it was March or April 2019. You know, I, I've got to tell you, man, like um, M, M might not remember this conversation, but like I'd listen to something where someone was talking about runner's high. Okay. And I mentioned it in the gym. I think I mentioned it to you and M and, and Emily was like, I don't know if it's a real thing, but I, I get the fitness high. Yeah. I get the fitness high. And I remembered that conversation and I was running and running and running at the time. Sorry. Um, uh, and, you know, I was in a world of pain at this point. I think I was three kilometers in, three kilometers in, and I was listening to uh, a band, Tool, and uh, they had a song where 
at some point there's like it goes really quiet and there's this really wrong drum roll okay and I think it was the point where my body realized my mind was not going to quit right my body was like this this guy is this motherfucker's not, going for it yeah he's not going to quit there's no quit in him yeah he's going to do whatever it takes okay and I think my eyes rolled into the back of my head <laughs> and I felt I've never felt that feeling and I've been chasing that feeling ever since and I ran 18 kilometers damn I wound up so I live in Maidan next to Max and Eagle I wound up next to Troy Trums in in uh, South Park yeah and halfway back oh cool before I realized it okay before I realized it it had gone two and a half hours my heart rate was low I felt amazing. Nice. I thought I was dying. You were in flow. No, no, I was in absolute flow, but I thought I was dying. I went to the hospital. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, what's happened? Something's not right. I just ran 18K. And, and, and the doctor at the, in the emergency room was like, you look great. You, you're, you're feeling, you look like you feel great. And How long into that, uh, into your journey with Manal was that? When did that happen? How long? You I'd been? say about five months okay, in. Okay, cool. Five months in, but you have to understand at this point, it was training if I wasn't training three, four times a week, I was walking every day. Nice. I was running every day. Nice. I, was, I was just... I, and you've done some pretty big runs since then, right? Yeah. I, well, on average, I, I do a lot of volume running. Yeah. So in a week, I'll run anywhere now, currently from about 40 to 70 kilometers a week. Dude. So um, I've, I've had a lot of education, like a lot of bro science I'd say I okay. had to teach myself a lot of things yep. uh, along the way and what suits me and what doesn't suit me yep. um, but my longest single run was about 43 kilometers yeah so that's a marathon is it? yeah yeah it is a marathon 22 yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so I did 43 by myself uh, which and, and I did it alone right? yeah I, d I didn't post about it on the internet no. I didn't and it was you the did most it for you I went home and made eggs and, yeah. and, I, and I just thought about it and it was it was it was worth everything yeah. it was worth everything but everything is at a cost of course everything is at a cost yeah I'm, I'm not a I'm not a perfect man by any means no but we're trying right I guess we are trying but yeah. I mean there there's a level of I I you know in weight loss you get angry yeah you get very angry, mm. especially when people turn around and say, well, it's easy for you. What do you mean it's easy for me? Yeah. It's easy for me. Yeah, sure. It, was e it's, it might look easy to me now. You don't know that I'm screaming on the inside. Yeah. Like, you don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm angry with how I wasted my 20s and 30s. Yeah. And you don't know, like, that stuff. But it's okay. That's someone else's suffering. That's their perception. That's their suffering. For sure. The only thing I want is that in my message, in my videos or anything, if anyone can get a laugh out of it and if anyone can feel inspired out of it, just that spark, motivation will come and go. But if there's a spark to be driven, yeah. what more could I want in life, man? What more can you want in life? Yeah, that's We're, inspiring. That's very cool. Yeah, it's, 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 all, it's all anybody wants. It's why this gym is here. Like yep. just to just to be that kindling this gym is nothing but more than a facility for the kindling 
Have you noticed people you speak to about take something from it and then roll with it? Is it has it had a knock on effect? Have you seen people get inspired by it or you've done? Yeah. Because I I know this story loosely, but this is the time I've heard it in most detail. Um, your most recent story, anyway. And I'm like, this is rad. I want to go out and I want to go out and run now. This is mm. it, it's it's firing me up to go and want to do something. I'm quite a highly motivated individual. So have you noticed people you speak to being like, that's really cool. I want to go and do something. Yeah, I have. There are a lot of detractors and I, 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 I don't want to say you. it. I don't want to say it in that respect. Like, I, actually, that's unfair to say that. This coffee's fucking wild, by the way. No worries, Honestly. man. I'll bring you a liter next Dude. time. I'll bring you a liter and a half mm. or something. I brew, I brew oh. up like six liters so a good. month or something. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, I, I, actually, I'll, I'll walk that back. I shouldn't say detractors. I have people that doubt me. Okay. Only because they've they've known me. Wait, doubt you, uh, doubt what you're going to do. Doubt or? what I'm going to do, or doubt what I've done. You okay. know. So like, I've I've had friends be like, "Oh, you're you're 150 kilos. You'll enjoy it for a bit. Then you'll go back up. Oh, you're 125 kilos. That's the weight of a UFC heavyweight. You'll be all right. But then you'll go back up to 135 kilos. Hey, you're 110 kilos. Wow." Enjoy it. It's not going to last. Mm. You're 92 kilos. That, and, and then the, the, it stops, you know? Yeah. You're 79 kilos. Is that what you are now? I'm 78 right at the moment. Oh, man. So uh, I got down to 75 uh, at one point. That wasn't healthy. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was tough. That's, that's, that was that's tough like, going. That's like half. Over half your body weight. So. Yeah, over, I'd say about 84 kilos I've lost in total. Um... But those people, again, it, it, it might be their, their suffering yeah. that they see that. They want to relate to me. They want, and when you can't relate to someone after a single point, after a certain point, it becomes difficult. Yeah. I don't want people to feel that. Sure. Yeah, I work my, my butt off. I, I train a lot. I have no compromises. I go to bed at 7.30 every night. Nice. Like, I, I have no compromises when it comes to my health. And maybe that's to a detriment to... Potentially, who knows, my career might suffer for it one day. My relationships have all suffered for it, you know. I won't lie, losing a lot of weight, you do get to meet more women, you do mm -hmm. get to date. One of the benefits, yeah. And, and in this last year, I've had a, one beautiful relationship. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. She yeah. was, she's a lovely woman, but, yeah. you know, I guess we're on different trajectories. Yeah. And, and for me, I don't compromise my health. Yeah, if you're going to bed at 7.30 every night, it's not yeah. the... <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not on. But, you know, I'm, 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 that's okay, you know. Yeah. Things, if, if things are meant to happen for me, they'll happen for me. No doubt. But also, I've got to make them want to happen. I've got to want for those things to happen. For so, sure. at the moment, I'm just trying to work on my health and, and just trying to be my, my best self. Be better than yesterday, man. Uh, better than yesterday is the mantra. So what you've done is incredible. Lo losing that much weight and going through everything you've gone through to get to the point where, like, borderline, people basically saying you're going to die if you don't do something about it, to come into where you are now and running a marathon and being looking incredible. The goal for you is obviously deeper than weight loss. Like we get people coming in, oh, I want to lose 20 kilos because I've gained weight. And it's such a superficial statement for people to make because there's got to be a deeper reason. And you've obviously found a very deep reason and, and that's why you've been committed and dedicated. How much of it for you was the actual weight loss? How much of it for you was some ulterior motive? And then when did it start becoming more fitness oriented? I want to run more. I want to, where was that blend between like, I need to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to run a marathon. 
so running a marathon wasn't my objective. That was never go. That was no, his, no. that was his ah. example. Like fitness is now the thing. Like you train because you love training, mm. and now it's not about losing weight. Now it's about being healthier and having all this other stuff that you now have access to. Mm. But a lot of people who are overweight are obsessed with the weight loss part of it when that's not the not the thing they should be holding on to. And clearly, you're not holding on to the weight loss thing now. Your everything, you, nothing you've said was never about you wanting to lose weight. It was like you having to lose weight for your health or now enjoying what you have access to now. Is at what point did it become this thing? See, this is the other thing I've been thinking about recently. I don't think any of our, again, your motivations, my motivations, they could be vastly different. Yeah. Um, some of your trainers will have vastly different motivations. Emily will have different motivations to you and me. Uh, a very obese person obviously has a different motivation. But if you look at it from a, a sort of macro view, we're all chasing the same thing. It's, it's literally the same thing. Yeah, I, when I was fat, I wanted to lose weight because I wanted to look good naked. <laughs> and I, you're I, lying I, if you're saying that's not why you train. I mean, literally, it was just I want to I wanna look like I want to look good naked. I want to be attractive to someone, you know. Right. I wasn't attractive to myself. How could I be attractive to someone else? Do you That's know what right. I mean? It's yeah. like it's the most, and it's a it's a it's a visceral sort of superficial way of looking at it. Yeah. But if you think about it, what is that desire? What is that desire? When you're attractive to someone, that's a dopamine hit. True. And and it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, like. Uh, the, we all have different things. I now push myself because I understand there's something deeper in me. Um, I understand there's this deeper craving in me. It could be a dopamine thing. It could be a spiritual thing. It could be multiples of things. I don't care. It just, it's more of a, I need to experience it. I find the more I lean into pain, physical pain, physical difficulty, the more I feel like spiritually I'm I'm going to survive like my, man when I was fat insecure when you knew me in the burn room my heart I'll, I'll be really honest my heart was broken I was okay. just a broken man but I felt like my heart was broken inwards okay and there was a point like I was training with Minhal and Minhal was like what are you doing this for he's like if you hold on to your stuff you're never going to get beyond this point you're yeah. never going to get beyond this point of of understanding why you're doing these things. He was like, weight loss is gonna come. He was like, your weight loss is coming. You've gotta, you've gotta understand there's a bigger thing happening here. Yeah. And, and you know, I, it's, it, it has to be something more. It has, there, there has to be something in it for me. And um, I recognize it now, you mm -hmm. know, I still go through my massive, like I have severe depression from time to time and I don't, I don't say that lightly, and I, I will probably never talk about that again openly. So this is a one and done. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but I recognize these things come and go. Yeah. So when it comes back to what fat people want, what athletes want, I think we're all looking for performance. But above all, I think we all want that dopamine hit. We all want that acceptance. We all want that ability to thrive. But also I think it's our ancestral sort of internal triumph that mm. we look forward to this i mean um the other day we were doing german volume training we were doing back squats and uh minhouse got me doing 
heavier back squats. And, and if you've never done gym volume training, it's just disgusting. It's 10 sets of 10 and it's gross. Yeah. It's like the hardest way to weight train is disgusting, but so I've been lots doing of it, fun. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for about four weeks at the moment and my legs are just destroyed, <laughs> but there was something about coming out of the other side of it, right? Yeah. It was that primal thing. Maybe that's what our ancestors felt when they, they got to hunt and they'd been, they hadn't had a chance to eat for three days. You know, I, I, there, there is something deeper in all of us. So when people say, oh, I want to just look good naked, I, I, that resonates with me. Absolutely. I think we all want to look good naked. But at the same time, what does that equate to? Why, why does looking naked to you mean something? And I think it's a... And I think it's it's something more. Yeah, something primal, right? Um, I think as well is training, not talking, not distinguishing like athlete to normal man or, or elite level athlete to normal man. But I think there's now more than ever uh, a trend towards um, training being really good for you. Like there's some, I've just listened to stuff more often recently from experts talking about why being fit and being strong will increase your lifespan or leave you healthier for longer. And I don't know if it's just because I'm looking for it more now or it's there's more of it, but people talking about why you need to weight train and why you need to be cardiovascularly fit in order for you to live a healthier life for longer, which I think is really dope because years, years ago, there, there just wasn't that. It was all like medicine for health and all like putting people on dialysis and things like that. So I think it's really cool that now it's, uh, it's, it's cool to be fit. It's cool to be strong. It's cool to be healthy. It's cool to work on yourself and go to bed at 7.30. And it's cool to do like TikTok challenges to see how many push-ups you can do because that's something positive for your health and fitness, which I think is very cool. Mm. Um, and I think it's just more accepted now to be a healthy person. It's all, almost been swayed the other way where you're not a nerd now. If you go to the gym and work out, you're actually doing something conscious for your your health and fitness, which I think is a really cool kind of trend that we're experiencing. But we were talking about this the other day about how there's a bunch of buttheads that are just kind of making that difficult for people to do. And then put that in someone who's been in your position of this extreme. uh, And again, people come to gym. Most people's goal is to lose weight so they can look better naked. But if you're in like an extremely overweight and it's an, yours was an extreme case. Imagine being in a position where someone's mocking you for wanting to go to the gym, how much harder it's going to be to get started on your journey. Luckily you found someone like Min Hao who was very supportive and guided you and helped you and get you, got you on your way. But that must be quite hard to get into if it's uh, like if people are going to judge you for wanting to be healthy. So it's, it's cool now that it's, it's more accepted and people are, and especially with COVID as well is they're starting to talk about how uh, being overweight is your at higher risk. Best thing you can do is stack your immune system, which is as fitness professionals, we know this, but it's just not the common message that the news are talking about, whatever. But to now or before to be in that position of I need to do something about my health and fitness and it's not really easy to access that or it's not really common for you Mm -hmm. to go to the gym or it's not really common for you to want to do something about your health must be pretty hard I mean uh, with 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 respect to to um, fitness I'll just elaborate a little bit on that quickly I found um, a lot of people uh, the idea of a dogmatic approach to fitness is slowly fading away yeah um power lifters are running yeah yoga instructors are power lifting yeah crossfitters are bodybuilding yeah 
jiu-jitsu guys are starting to tra- do triathlons. Yep. Well, I mean, the Diaz brothers have done Always it for have. years. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the, there, there seems to be, I think there's an idea that fitness is, I don't know if this is the right word. You might have to correct me on this. It's, it, it's becoming more modal. Yeah. So it's, it's like this cross blend of things. Ultimately, for me, I want to be able to power lift. So mm-hmm. do the, what I call the holy trinity. So back squat, bench press, and deadlift, and then be able to run. Mm. At those kinds of, at that, that is my understanding of what, for me, what would be like my, my spiritual fitness. This is where I find I would, I would thrive the most. Yep. And, and it's definitely exasperated over the, you know, the fact that we're living in a pandemic, which is a respiratory disease. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, people, it's amazing that people are taking their health as seriously as they are now. Um, you know, I, I don't, th- this is another controversial thing. I don't have, I have an issue with body shaming people mm. on either end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, uh, because people can't handle it. But at the same time, I wish I was body shamed when I was fatter. I okay. wish, I wish I had, and I did, I had a few people do it to me and I reacted the wrong way, but I wish I had been more mentally strong and, and, and used that as fire. These days, if, if someone turns around and, and, you know, calls me fat or something like that, it's, that's like, you know, I'm salivating at the bit. I'm like, really? You think that? That's great. You know, I, I just... Yeah, but, but I think you're, you'd, I think you'd be tougher, like... You could take that if someone, if you were really overweight and you said you'd use that as fire. I don't think everyone's the same. I, if, if it comes, if it came from a man, yeah. I, I would have, I'll be, I'm just being really, really honest here. Yeah. From a man, I would have felt that. But like, you know, uh, the, the two, three times I, I, for some unforeseen reason, a beautiful woman in Dubai was talking to me and they brought up my weight. That hurt. Okay. But that's okay because that's the truth. Yeah. And that truth needs to be heard that truth needs to be heard and you know if anyone's listening to this that needs to lose some weight or is overweight you know yeah it's look there's nothing wrong with you as a person no not at all yeah but get moving yeah get moving if you if you're a large person that is active and does does weightlifting does things like that great but you know understand that your body is not supposed to hold so so much weight mm. and that maybe being in a slightly caloric deficit for 80 percent of the time would do you some benefit i'm not saying you need to go out and lose 80 kilos no you know but you know see how you feel losing two kilos yeah see how you feel losing four kilos yeah that, that that's all that 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 i mean i was there for your weight cuts when you had your mma fights yeah yeah, I, I, um, that's what I was going to bring up is the difference in my performance. I walk around like 104 kilos. It was always 104 kilos. No matter what diet, mm. whatever I do, I just always land back on 104 kilos. And when uh, you used to train with me when I was training for MA, you used to go down to 92. Um, and I used to just feel incredible at 92. Like I, I could run double the distances I'd usually run. I could work out six hours a day. It didn't matter. I was so light and felt so good. I had so much energy at 92 kilos. That isn't really, I, I probably could have. I tried to sustain that weight, but it's not naturally my way. Um, mm. But yeah, I just fucking felt great at 92 kilos. So for me, I find that like anything around 80, 82 kilos I'm comfortable. I'm very, very comfortable at that weight. Which for me was 10%. That's 10% lighter than what I usually walk around with. <laughs> so that's 10%, right? So 10% lighter felt amazing. 
So I, I thought all along, um, Marcus Smith originally had told me in 2013, he was like, mate, if you were 85 kilos, he said, you would have no, no body problems. He said, you would, you'd be fantastic. Yeah. At 82 kilos currently, I, I would feel, I do feel bloated. I do feel like I can't move as well. Mm -hmm. 77, 76 kilos, 78 kilos, it, it is my comfort. Like, it's wild that that makes a difference now, I to think. If you've been 160 before, 150 before, to mm. think that now going up to 82 feels uncomfortable. You just it think, is. how did I get started with this? How did I, you've got to be, you've got to really appreciate that. When you're like, when you're like, man, this feels tough now. You're like, fucking hell, I've done something really amazing for myself by getting down to this. It, it is, but I mean, at the same time, like so recently I had changed up my diet. I've, I've always looked at food as like a, a fueling thing, as a performance thing. Yeah. Uh, I really, in, in November, I really turned around and, and, and I said, look, like I was eating like grenade bars like once a day okay. just because one of Minhal's tenants, uh, you should have him on one time I actually, um, one of his tenants was like, you need to eat one thing a day that's a treat. Okay. He's like, I don't care what it is, but it's one thing. And I said, why? He said, because if it becomes just part of your lifestyle, it's not going to affect you in the overall grand scheme of things. Right. Then so you're I not going to then go crazy at the weekend and blow out. Yeah, yeah. He was like, have a bit of poison every day. Okay. And you'll be fine. I He's like, like you will never have a massive binge. And he said, you know, if you do have a massive binge, he told me when I was about 148 kilos, 145 kilos, he's like, if you have a massive binge out, if you keep following this thing where you have a little bit of something every day, he's like, you're going to do it once every two months, yeah. once a month, yeah. once every six weeks. Yeah. He's like, even if you do it once every three weeks, fine. But he was like, in the grand, you have to think, keep thinking of it in the grand scheme of things. Mm. In November, I, it might be because I've, I've been reading a lot of like Mark Bell's uh, Instagram page and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just a lot of powerlifters and stuff. And, man, I didn't get a treat every day as a kid. <laughs> you know Nargis. Yeah. She, homegirl will not play with that. You had to eat what you wanted. And then if you wanted something bad on the weekend, you got it on a Friday okay. at Alcarer. Yeah. And you got five derms to go pick yourself something. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. You used to get a big cookie from Hardee's. used to be a derm 50. There you go. I used to get three. <laughs> but it was my thing. <laughs> it was Friday. my thing on a Friday. Yeah. On a Friday after prayers. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, like, I remembered that. And I was like, why? why? Okay. Why is my life different now? Just because everything's easily accessible mm. doesn't mean I should have that. And then I was thinking about it from a more primal level. Yeah, we would hold on to things like that were satiating or high in fructose and stuff because it meant we could go longer without food. Mm. So I really dialed in my diet. I was about 82 kilos. I was happy. I was feeling bloated, but happy. Um, so I, I switched my diet up. This was back in November. Yeah. And uh, I went all out yesterday and Christmas Day. Oh, nice. Um, and I had a beef wellington at mum's. And then yesterday I had a cheese manage. But like, I, I would say 80% of my diet now is more protein-based. Okay. And, nutri and the last 20 is more nutrient-based. Um, so like my carbs, et cetera, okay. my, my, my plants, yeah, my super greens. Say. And things like that. But when I look at it, again, you have to take a step back. When I look at it, I'm pretty much having something very healthy all day. Yeah. 
And then if you look at that across the, since November, that's across the last three months, you've had like a cheese manage yesterday, like a big fucking deal across three months. doesn't matter. Yeah, it was great, man. I'll <laughs> tell you what, mate. Having a cheese manage was, was something, something special, but I had it with spinach. And uh, I mean, and, and I've, I've figured out little hacks along the way. Like, here's a hack for people. They'll hate this in the beginning. But when you get it and you get it right, it's going to be perfect. So you go to the supermarket, they have that Florida orange juice. Yep. Tanner's always going on about it. Yeah, yeah. You get the orange and pineapple one. Okay. The rule is you always get the orange and pineapple one. I can't stress this enough. <laughs> you put 100 mils into a blender. You take three cups of spinach. I freeze my spinach okay. because I buy six bags at a time. Okay. And you put literally three cups of frozen spinach because when it crushes, you can put more spinach in there into this blender so it's like almost full of spinach then you top it up with another 100 mils of water and you blend that and you drink it in the morning you do you feel like you want to have like a, a a very sugary drink in the evening have that okay and uh, if anything it gives you roughage and and that's a way to to yeah get your, get more greens in cheap and easy way to fit cheap, some more cheap, greens in cheap and easy way to and fit. that'll probably work out cheaper than buying a greens powder Way cheaper. Yeah. Way cheaper. I do have greens powders yeah. because there's one I got given two two tubs of something called Greens First, which is nice. It's got stevia in it. Okay. But and I put that in there, or I put super reds in there. But if you can't afford those things, or if you don't want to spend money on on greens powders because everything's a racket these days, yeah, right? Man. Figure out what you're. Be responsible for what you're doing. Like I I I hate cooking because I'm terrible at it, but I endure every day. Fine. Because I'm, I need to learn. I need to learn. We did the... Uh, it's really fun, actually. We did... Uh, a while before COVID, we started doing green smoothies every day. Um, and, like, pure vegetable stuff. So there was no... I think we used coconut water for the liquid. And then it was, like, fancy. anything green. Yeah, super fancy. Um, <laughs> uh, chuck anything in there. Spinach. Fuck it, anything green. Like, just fill it up. Like, 400 mils of green... Of, of vegetables turn into a smoothie and drink that every day and we did that pretty consistently every day for like 18 months like every wow. day didn't get sick in that time wow. and that's the only thing we changed and then covid happened and then we were obviously people weren't traveling and we were wearing masks all the time so they probably contributed towards not getting sick but literally in 18 months without getting sick you usually get like a little cold or a viral infection once a year but I get, I'm pretty confident to say it was the increase in nutrients that we were taking on. And then again, first thing in the day, I was drinking them before 6 a.m. every day and I was getting 400 mils of blended up vegetables every day. And that was an additional to whatever else I would eat through the day as well. And I'm pretty sure that's why. And we'd put turmeric and ginger in it as well. Um, but I'm pretty confident that's one of the reasons I didn't get sick for two years. I, I would actually recommend that you actually start looking into, I know this is going to sound like very fad based, but like... I'm I, all for it. I mean... Um, so in November, I started eating a lot more. At night, I'm very strict with my food. So I will have two eggs, 70 to 80 grams of egg whites, and an omelet, salt, pepper, and then I'll do ground beef for a steak okay. or a burger, yeah. like a homemade burger. And the rule of thumb is, excluding all the liquids I drink in the morning, which I'll explain in a second, eat when you're hungry next. Okay. And... I find those meals at dinner have become smaller and and like so I you I started with 400 grams of meat I went down to 300 I'm mm -hmm. now at about 150 grams of meat every evening okay I'm finding 
I don't need to feel hungry till pretty much midday next day. That said, wait, 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 wait. let yeah. me give you some context. I have my, I still have my green smoothie in the morning, my orange, orange juice spinach. and spinach. Yep. Then while I'm training, I have sugar-free tang with creatine in water, in a liter of water. Okay. Because I need carbs while I'm training. Otherwise, I just cramp up. Yep. And I also occasionally put in electrolytes. So I have a sodium nice. base in there. And then at around 10 a.m., I do have, I take a cold brew, a scoop of protein, and a macadamia nut butter. And so I have like a nice balance of carbs in the morning, and then I'll have my proteins and fats. Yeah. So uh, there's no set and hard way. Uh, like a lot of people will say, oh, it's just intermittent fasting. But it's not in the traditional sense because you're not supposed to eat anything. Yeah. But I definitely think if you're still in a calorie deficit of, say, two, three hundred calories, yep. you're still in a fasted state. That's still, for me, I find I'm, I, I will shed weight yeah. on that. And I think you will. And I think the whole, uh, so th technically that wouldn't be fasting, but you haven't eaten. But technically wouldn't be fasting because you're still activating stomach enzymes by putting calories that your body's got to start processing your body. But you're not taking on food that's going to create loads of satiation. So you're still having to force yourself yeah. to not eat. Um, and you're going to be in a calorie deficit because you haven't taken on food for the first couple hours of your day. So you're definitely going to contribute to it. And, and if you think about it, I'm, I'm eating my last meal at 5 p.m. Yeah. So 5, 5.30, I'm, I'm done. And when you eat your next meal the next day? Uh, usually I'll have, I'll try and do an egg um, at around 11, 12. Yeah. And then an hour and a half later, I tend to have lunch, which is a protein and about 150 grams of a carb that I want. So it could be pasta, it could be rice, it could be bread. Um, then I do uh, an afternoon snack of um, just normal spinach with my orange juice. And um, also, like, say, slices of turkey meat. And that's sustainable, right? That's a decent amount of calories through the day that gets you through all the activity you do because you do train quite a lot. You have quite a high volume of training. How much... Um, so you've always been really switched on. And whatever subject we've ever dove into when we started doing mm. MMA stuff is you're really intelligent and really switched on and, and really, I, I'd say, quick to acquire information on stuff, like... Oh, thank you. Relevant to it, yeah. No, seriously. Um, and I feel like you seem very educated on your nutrition and your training protocols now. And I can imagine you going and doing your own research and learning this stuff going through it. How much, how important was that you learning this stuff as you went through this journey? I, I think it's more a case of, I don't, wow, I've never really thought of it as being important. I thought, always thought of it as a... Because you could have just done whatever Manal said blindly and just trusted that that was the right thing to do. But it doesn't sound like that's what's happened. It sounds no. like you've gone out and learned this shit and you know it and you're, you're able to solicit advice now because you've been through this process and figured out what has and hasn't worked. Yeah, it's, it's a case of trial and error right. as well. Like I, I listen to things and I again, it goes back to not having a dogmatic approach to things. Cool. You have to be agnostic when you approach these things. Yeah. I'm very different to you. I'm very different to Imad in the gym. I'm very different to uh, Minhal. But I'm willing to take information and then say to people, this worked for me. Mm. Okay? So it's worked for me. Maybe if you look at it, give it a try. See if it works for you. If it doesn't, there might be some adjustments along there. But ultimately, what's the main difference between your approach and my approach? It's not. It's to have consistent movement for 80 to 90% of your life, put in your steps, be, uh, get the right amount of sleep, drink the right amount of water, mm. 
and and it, it all seems to balance itself out like ultimately i think if i took your lifestyle if i took my lifestyle there would be a few differences here and there but in the large scheme of things we are at a maintenance calorie level we are at a maintenance nutrient level you know we're, we're at a maintenance in hydration you know the, the, so the, it's like having to not really uh, uh, I, I would encourage people to do it to do their research as well because you find joy in that you find interest in that yeah. because it's this is important right like your body you get one body in your life right Dude, this this so skin too. bag is the only skin bag you get in this life you can change your cars you can change your houses you can change your partners you can change your kids you can change everything you want you can never change your body and you've been pretty close to fucking yours up and have pulled it back and it's not beyond repair, you know? That you can get pretty extreme and come back and be fucking super healthy and, and, and fix that shit. So Absolutely. I have faith in people. Yeah. I have absolute faith in people. There are, there are people that, like, I, I see there's one guy who lives in my area who I think he's lost about 20, 30 kilos, but oh, he nice. started walking. He started walking. And every morning I see him and I see him and, and I, I'm always shouting something to him. I'm always shouting some kind of David Goggins, like, stay hard or live he, through it. He must fucking love you. He's, he's always laughing. He's always <laughs> laughing. He's like a taller. I think he might be Arab or Indian or something. But every time he sees me, he gets this grin on his face because he knows something's going to come. Coming. And, and, you know, he knows that, they're, they're, okay, this guy's going to say something to something me today. Crazy to me. Um, you, you said a couple of really important things there. Uh, adequate hydration sufficient sleep and daily movement and calories for maintenance yeah. i think that is the fucking that's the equation right i think there's so many like fads and training programs and people trying to sell shit if you're just trying to live in or even if you're trying to lose a bit of weight or just stay healthy for longer i think those are the most four important things like e way before even which gym you go to or which program you're following or how many sets of whatever reps you're doing is get those four basic things down first before you start trying to get crazy with it and i from the sounds of how your journey started that's what it was and i think people neglect the simple stuff and start going to like oh, i'm going to start intermittent fasting and i'm going to start doing ketogenic and stuff and that stuff will work but there's four really simple things you've got to get right first and you've got to be hydrated and you've got to get enough recovery and you've got to move and you've got to have enough fuel to do those things effectively and then you can start layering in all the sexy shit which is going to elevate your progress but until you've got those things down there's no point I also think there's this thing where like it, it happens every year, right? Mm. It's January, New Year's resolutions yeah. and people go to the gym and they will smash themselves. Yeah. Okay, I have a different concept to smash. You have a different concept to like getting absolutely ruined in the <laughs> gym. We all have a different concept, but I think where I have a privilege and, and, I, and, and I say this purely, purely from my experience is I understand my, my barrier of entry, mm. okay? And I think people need to understand also there's a barrier of entry. You don't have to take, there's no dogmatic approach, right? Yeah. There is no dogmatic approach to this. If it means getting your shoes on and walking downstairs in the car park for 10 minutes, yeah. that's something, right? Yeah. If, it's, if it's not even that, and like, this is the thing, the guy, uh, so on my YouTube channel, me and my friend Ahmed talk about it, and he says, you have to think about this from a fat person's perspective. <laughs> and I, even if it means putting your shoes on and walking to the front door, if that is 100% over what you do on the regular basis, first of all, you got problems. Yeah, well, yeah. You got problems, yeah. but you're doing something, right? Yeah. And it's something. I, 
And there was always this, this phrase that recently really upset me. Someone at work kept saying it and it was really driving me um, crazy was two step forward, but one step back. It's not a good way to live life. You're still a step ahead. Yeah. You're still a step ahead. I'm, I'm all for it. If it means, and, and that applies to everything, right? I trained every day in January 2022, but I took a week off. Oh, now I'm done. I've, right. I've ruined it. My life is over. Yeah, for sure. You took those two steps forward. Yeah. You had one step back. Life happens. Yeah. But you have that momentum. Yeah, you're still a step further forward than you were the two steps ago. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's so many resources. We live, I mean, this, this is the sum of human knowledge. And we all carry it in our pockets. I'm just holding up my phone. Until uh, it's in your brain. Until it's in your brain. Yeah. Then you have the sum of human knowledge like in your brain constantly. Elon, please don't do that. Please. <laughs> I'm, I'm not about that. That's a wild. That's crazy. That. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, do you know what? That scares me. Cause like, do you know, um, the whole thing about apparently when the, the, whatever the stupid technology is called or the very intelligent technology called is we could have this conversation about opening a mouse. I can project what we need to think where I, that would scare the fuck out of me. Cause I see people like people are in the gym that are giving me money to be nice. And I was like, I just want to punch you in the fucking face <laughs> right now. How do you stop that part? You don't. Do you? And you, they're like, you're a dick. Shut the fuck up. And then how do you not, would they hear you saying that? I'm not, I'm not down for that. I don't want people to know my thoughts. Hey, but you write, you acknowledge that you have those feelings, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I, what's the problem? Yeah, that person probably wouldn't give me any money anymore if I went and said that to him. Ultimately, that's their fault, right? <laughs> Maybe. They're, they're, they're yeah. not, look, they're not, not here. It's not your fault that I'm an angry person. It's your fault. They're here to better themselves, yeah. right? You don't have to be liked by everyone. That's true. You don't have to be liked yeah. by everyone. Yeah. I had to learn that. I'm not going to be liked by everyone. And I wanted to be liked by everyone. Okay. I wanted to be loved by everyone. I wanted to fill in some void I had in my life the whole time, but I'm not going to be liked by everyone. And that's okay. That's okay. But as far as that neural link stuff, it's just, it's a bit creepy. And I'm, I, I have the privilege of saying I'm too old. Yeah. 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 Like, by the time it's sorted, you'd be like, ah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly. He's a, that old skin bag. He doesn't, he, he doesn't, doesn't get it. it. He, he doesn't, doesn't get it. it right? He's out running, shouting at people. Yeah, I don't even have a TikTok account. Everyone's like, you have a YouTube channel, but you don't have a TikTok channel. Yeah, one of the guys who works out here, he works for TikTok. He's quite senior at TikTok, and he was trying to push it on me. Um, and we always joke that what he does for TikTok is choreograph, choreograph the dances. That was his job at TikTok. And he, um, he once, got upset. we were out drinking once, and he made me download it. And the next day I woke up, and I was so hungover that I couldn't get off the couch. And I was like, I'm just going to waste I'm going to see what this TikTok shit's oh about. No. And I spent 20 minutes of my life watching a dude open Coke bottles with his eye on the street, some like, like literally just some guy who sits in the streets in India with a Coke bottle, open it with his eye for 20 minutes, like multiple different videos and watching open Coke bottles of his eye. And millions of people are watching this guy open Coke bottles of his eye. Good for him, but massive fucking waste of time. So I deleted TikTok and never looked back. Jeez. Yeah. Our phones are, I, I've just, so I'm, I'm in that loop, right? Because for me, Instagram's very important because I, I have to look out for a lot of brands. I, yeah. There are a lot of uh, YouTube collaborators that I talk to that are on the smaller scale, sort of my level, um, that, that I speak to consistently about products, about uh, company ethics, about the future of fitness, things like that. But I find once you start scrolling... Dude, it's so bad. How do you, how do you find a balance between that then? Because it's very much where you need to live because that's kind of like one of your... It's a, not your full-time gig, but it's a gig of yours that you've got to be active in those channels. 
it's for me too. So for the gym is like as a we're in a very visual industry, you need to have a presence on social media to be able to portray your message and get yeah. people on board. Um, and I spend I don't I'm better at I don't spend as much time on Instagram. I don't waste much time, but my phone full. Best thing I did is I got I got a watch. Um, I'm not wearing it right now. I just my wrist. It's not there. Someone stole it. Um, but I got a watch because my thing was I never used to wear a watch. So I pull my phone out and I pull my phone out and I don't have notifications turned on, which is a good thing because you don't get sucked mm. into looking for shit. But then I'd open it to look to see if anyone had a message. And next thing you know, I'll check my emails. And next thing you know, and next thing you know, I went to check the time and I've been on my phone for 10 minutes. So wearing a watch has helped that because now I can literally just look at my wrist. I don't have to get my phone out, which is cool. Um, that actually dropped my, I've read it for two weeks. It dropped my screen time by like 30% in the last two weeks. So that's good. How do you manage that? Because I think no... Very few people are going to be able to honestly say that, yeah, I don't get sucked into my phone and get lost in that. So when I do use my phone, which is quite a bit, are you, I have... So before we go, are you good at not getting sucked into it or do you succumb to it? No, no. I occasionally succumb to it, but I realize five minutes in, I'll be like, okay, I, I need to stop yeah. sort of thing. Because what I've done is I've, I've trained myself to look the other way around. Okay. So I'm, I'm a big whoop fiend. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm always looking at my whoop. Yeah. I'm always looking at my fitness pal. Yeah. And uh, those are, tend to be my, my big, big points. I also have an app on my phone called Feedly. So it's an RSS feed where all the websites I want information from, they send me articles directly. So I tend to go yeah. just into those three apps mainly. Okay. Um, the other thing I've done, I did a test a few years ago and I actually did this test in, I think, 2005. So it's like um, if you're an auditory person, person, a visual person, or a Kin, kin, kinetic or something where, where you have to basically do the survey where they say when something profound happened to you was it because of something you heard something you saw sort or of. something you physically touched right so I did it and I found I was at quite auditory okay so for me uh, like like all things when when I hear things like if I'm uh, involved with someone and they're very loving to me that that increases my dopamine, mm -hmm. my hormones, whatever it is. You know, I I find when I'm uh, when I'm driving, I don't want. I might listen to music that's for a particular period of time, but then I'll switch it off and I'll listen to like podcasts or I'll listen to audiobooks. I actually find my TV time has come right down because I sit in my room you in the dark. Audio. Yeah, and and I have that it's this wonderful thing where like I'm hallucinating mm. the same way I do as if I'm reading a book which is weird there was that meme that was going around like a year ago isn't it weird that books are just like dead pieces of like tree that you're flipping through with writing on it and then you mad hallucinate <laughs> <laughs> or but it's like that I just literally I'll li sit there and, and I and, and I I force myself I used to force myself it's more of a habit now okay to to be just listening to something and okay. just understanding that like I, I let your imagination run I also got into lucid dreaming which is is a really difficult thing to get into yeah um, I was gonna say ask how, how do you get into that super easy okay super easy to get into but when you get into it it's hard to get out of and on this subject before we go into this um, do you do any meditating um, so just quickly, uh, I find through exercise my meditation. Now, I used to try and sit there and meditate in the past in silence. And for me, I find I, I need to be listening to something, okay. which, which defeats the purpose. So I'd rather do physical things. And then I've, uh, that's my 
Which is which is obviously well, not obviously because people wouldn't know, but that is definitely a very common way for people to practice meditation. And, and I'm very, I try and do a lot of it. And again, I'm not very good at sitting still and just like thinking about nothing. But um, the the notion that it can anything that is meditative can be anything can be walking, brushing your teeth, like whatever, whatever. Is I think I always kind of forget and get very single-minded like no we have to sit there and breathe and count our breath and stuff like that and it's obviously not the case but um we did a a podcast with a guy called matt marnie who's uh, mm. uh he teaches meditation and he's fucking hilarious he's so funny he's not like a and exhale he's from like uh, milton Keynes and nice. just like swears at people it's hilarious it's really good so um he was saying the same thing he's just like it's not he what was very interesting is i've been into meditation for years but never really understood it and just spent wasted not wasted but uh spent the last couple of years trying to figure it out and then he explained the science behind what actually happens when you're meditating and it explains that you don't have to sit there and breathe it just has to be a conscious effort to do it mm. and you can do it whilst you're doing anything so but yeah so that's a he's good point. um yeah, and, and he's absolutely right. And, and the, the truth is, we all can find a meditative state, mm. but your version of what's your truth in that is very different to what's my version of truth in For that. Sure. And actually, it, between you and me, because I know you quite well, uh, we might have the same level of meditation. Mm. We might find ourselves, I find the cadence of running, the cadence of and yeah. understanding, this is another topic we'll probably get into, but like understanding my foot placement. Mm. understanding my breathing understanding uh, thinking of things that you know while i'm while i'm running i i you know you're supposed to empty your mind but i go back to all my painful things painful breakups painful conversations with my parents the lack of a relationship i have with my father you know the distance between me and my brothers and and my sister and how we all have this kind of we, we're, we're all trying to live our lives, but hold on to semblance of family. And yep. even though we're very good at it, we still have, I feel, I feel like that pain, but I understand those things. And maybe that's part of my meditation. Maybe those are the things I need to feel because when I come out of that state, mm. I feel better. Okay. And ultimately we have to be selfish, right? You yeah. have to feel better. Otherwise, why would we do any of this? Yeah. What use are you to anybody else? Even not looking after yourself. Exactly. You're no use. But to go back to lucid dreaming. Back to lucid dreaming. It's really simple. And if anybody tries this, I'm really sorry. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> For the next two weeks, every time you walk through a door, yeah. you go up to the door, you knock on it three times, okay. and then you say out loud, am I dreaming? Okay. Do it for two weeks. Okay. Eventually, you're going to walk through a door in your dream, knock on it, and go, am I dreaming? And you'll be like, I am dreaming. And then you'll start floating and stuff, and it gets really crazy. And then essentially, you can do whatever you want. You can do anything you want. Do you take nootropics? Not at all. Okay. I I take um I take um stuff for like my gut and things okay. like that, but um just just on a basic level. I wanted to try nootropics out, but to, to be totally honest, I take so many supplements. Yeah. At a given time, that like I'm just tired of okay. putting pills down my throat. <laughs> No, I, that was a. I just remember uh, the the whole cognition thing and the, yeah. the lucid dream and to dial it in a bit better was uh, one of the things. But no, that's no, kind, but this kind is kind of like Inception. That's your token is the banging on the door thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is the one where you don't need nootropics. You don't need any kind of stimulant. All you need is the willingness to walk through every single door, knock on it three times, and say, "Am I dreaming?" But it has to be said out loud. Am I dreaming? Okay. Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? 
And then one day you'll be like, I am dreaming. So everyone, I'm walking through the gym, banging on doors, going, "Am I dreaming?" Just leave me to it. I'm just yeah, trying yeah. something. You can blame me for that one. Yeah. I um, I, I remember actually speaking to you before about that and trying to. I don't. Think, I don't remember actually tried doing the the knock on the door thing consistently enough to actually try it. But yeah, I've I think I had tried it that time for the first time, and it was really surreal. I um, I did get kind of like out of body experience of meditating before I got to a point where I could literally sit outside of myself and watch myself meditate, which is kind of creepy for a while. So I stopped doing it. It was yeah. too much. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. That's intense. And I remember saying that to someone and I was like, yeah, that takes like years to get to that point. And I just wasn't, I thought that's what meditating was. Um, uh, I got a, another good thing that Marnie said was, um, and again, in any state you're doing it is the process of meditating is trying to pull yourself back to, to, it's not just to, think clear your mind completely because it's not possible it's to catch yourself drifting and that's why the breathing thing is a distraction it's not there's no necessary necessarily uh, a tie to breathing and meditating they're not the same they're separate and there's benefits of doing breath work but you're if i'm counting my breath i'm not thinking about what i'm doing later you're supposed to think about what you're doing later and then catching yourself thinking that and then pulling it back is the act of equanimity and it's being more present and that's mm. what meditating is. And you can do that whilst you're doing anything. It's just being more present. Um, and yeah, that was a, a, a kind of like aha moment for me. I was just like, ah. And then training that and getting better at that reduces the size of your amygdala, which means you're going to be less prone to stress and you're not going to search for as many negative thoughts or scream at the guy who cut you up on Shakeside Road. So I was like, huh, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, for me, I still daydream, right? Okay. So I, I, especially when I'm really struggling in like a workout or something like that, um, I, I'll fantasize about, you know, once the house is built and having like the perfect family or... Okay. Although, I'm, let's be real, I'm at 41, I'm more than likely never going to have my own family or my own children. And I'm okay with that. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But I'm okay with the idea the of... The fact that you're okay with it is dope, but you then know. also it's never too late. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of extenuate... I give myself a lot of excuses in that <laughs> as well, which we don't need to get into. But, I mean, it's it's a... I, I think there's that balance of meditating and daydreaming, okay. right? So you, you get in that meditative safe, but then there's also those, those wild expectations. And then there's also an even further dial back. Here's something I saw. Um, I was watching like a streetball video and there was this uh, tall um, African-American kid in Washington playing basketball and he, skinny, skinny kid takes off his jumper and he's he's hooping and he hoops really like Andy Simmons would be impressed <laughs> like this kid was hooping but he was wearing the wildest t-shirt I've ever seen and it just it blows my mind I think of it all the time okay and it said I am my grandparents wildest dream huh and I saw another guy wearing one at um in the crowd at Rogue and it said something like I am my ancestors wildest dream and if you think about it, even if you go back, think about what your great grandparents would think. Yeah. If I think about, I recently had posted on Facebook that British Bank of the Middle East was established uh, yeah, 60 years ago. Your dad was in the photo, right? My granddad. Granddad, sorry. Was established 60 years ago in what was the trucial state. It wasn't even Dubai. Yeah. And, and uh, my granddad was in the photo. It's now HSBC today, yeah. but my granddad was one of the founding members. And what people don't realize is that was one of the things that established the the Emirati population from having uh, independence from the British mandate. Okay. And and 
like the the idea that like he was wearing like a blazer that he probably got off some sailor yeah. and and he had like a uh, he had his khatra on and and his turban and and stuff and and i think about how old he was in that photo he wouldn't have been older than i am now he must have been 40 maybe okay and if he thought was alive today and thought shit my grandson has lost 84 kilos runs 70 kilometers a week compound lifts four or five times a week and and feeds himself doesn't rely on his family for anything is building the house of his dreams you know uh, i i think he would be spun out yeah think about your great-grandparents and yeah. where they came from yeah i'm from scarborough so they probably have very low expectations <laughs> <laughs> but i get the point yeah it's true Do you know what i mean as well you're living in the middle east you've not just lived in the middle east you have your own independent business with a thriving community mm. beautiful wife beautiful child mm. i mean your brother is the epitome of health <laughs> well I mean, he's he looks fantastic. I he, remember him. He does. He is a, he's a very handsome man, but don't give him too much credit. I don't think people understand where Adam Harriman started when he just came out of high school. Yeah, no, it's the the guy is you, my hero. You the see, you see Adam now. It, do what is funny though is um, he just come out of high school around Birmingham time, yeah. and he pretty much looks almost the same. Like he was that big back then. He had a very similar haircut. He had the same like strengths that he's got now in terms of training. He's a very, very similar person to what he was 10 years ago. But look at how much of a, I remember in the burn room, he was this shy little kid and well, big kid. Yeah. And I used to bully him to speak <laughs> to me. Me and my brother Ali would bully him to speak to us. Oh. And then eventually he became our friend. And, yeah. and look at him now yeah. on social media. He's got this presence. He talks openly about his diet. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a, uh, that kid's my hero. Man. Like he's, <laughs> he's all the things. The again, the wild things I wish I did in my twenties. Yeah. He's doing right. Yeah, that's true. He's doing it. He's doing well for himself. And and like, see, those are the things. And like, uh, take inspiration where you can from from where you get it. You know what I mean? What um, what's this play with your YouTube channel? Come back to that. What's the so you do your reviews? So I started a YouTube channel in August last year called Better Than Yesterday. So that's BDR than the word than yesterday. Um, I basically, the long story short, my friend and I were talking about it. He was like, we've got a pretty unique story here. He was like, what do you like? And I said, I like CrossFit gear. Yeah. I like fitness gear, but I don't like the mainstream stuff. I like things that kind of give or take, you know, that like people might not wash over and watch over and stuff or there was a lot of things i was looking for reviews on i couldn't find them mm. so i was like let me let's just do it and he said let's do it so we dropped a small fortune on a couple of cameras mm. some lighting gear some microphones and say la vie you know like we we just um we just uh are, are going um we've had about a month and a half off just covid and the yeah. christmas holidays and stuff we did a we did a review. I'll tell you, you'll be the exclusive to know that I'm reviewing the Daughter Audio headphones. Ah. But I might have to go back and re-edit the video because half of it was like me going, why have I not heard anything about these headphones? Why is nobody talking about these headphones? Why haven't they followed the influencer thing that, ES, you know, that ESC Sounds has done? Yeah. These are pretty good headphones. What's going on? Like, they work well with the phone. I don't get it. And then, like, they have a massive stand this weekend at Waterpalooza. <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, but then the thing is, you can just time something in the video. Yeah. You say, I recorded this here. Yeah. And then 
now even though I didn't re- the, the video's not live yeah even though you didn't release it you'd be like they blow up because of me You're yeah yeah it. exactly uh, or I'm thinking just to release it and then like just if you because if you publish on YouTube you have the algorithms to follow and stuff and, yeah. and things so you, you know I could I could tag it but it just felt like oh so I've got I've got that video that's perfect timing drop it this weekend what a palooza yeah I've just got to talk to big, Ahmed and we've got to finalise some editing be big next week are you following much of what a palooza I watched a little bit this morning and I, I haven't watched any I'm saying I don't even watch the games anymore but I just follow the results I check the results of all the There's comments always, but I don't watch anything I like these smaller competitions because they don't have uh, I might get some slack for this. I might get some heat for this, but there's always something at the CrossFit Games that makes me cringe really hard, and I, I, it's just like I I don't think I'm a CrossFit person. I just found community in CrossFit. Yeah. Okay. I I understand the terminology. I understand the methodology, and I love it. But when you're making people do handstand push-ups every t- five meters, so like. Yeah, I hear you. You're, you're or, or in, you're in ring, the circle, but you didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, when you're making people do like uh, ring handstand, handstand push-ups, push-ups, that shit just makes me cringe. This, uh, this is just, kind of where I'm at now. So I am I'm, I'm, and have been for, I'd say, maybe take the last 18 months off prior to that, the last 10 years, an out-and-out crossfitter, like fucking downed all the kool-aid i could mm. um and i'm and i've moved into position now and it's personal for me that it just, just doesn't suit what my training goals are anymore or how much my body can withstand in terms of training so i don't do handstand pushups anymore i bet i i will avoid snatching at all costs and i just don't think i'm not being competitive anymore so there's no need to do it anymore if you're gonna do the open you're gonna do crossfit and you want to be active in crossfit you should probably practice crossfit so you don't fuck yourself up on the day but if you're not doing crossfit don't be doing that shit it's no point i i agree but then again i've so i enjoy all the movements i enjoy trying to learn them yeah um, but, then, but then, then there's a risk reward you've got to weigh up it's like am i going to be sensible enough that i'm going to do this to the point where it's not detrimental to me that i can still make progress with it then cool there's a fine line there that you can definitely skate but the amount of people that come in and be like oh i hurt myself what were you doing it's like snatching it's like, why are you snatching because it's cool and i want to learn snatching yeah but you just fucked yourself up and you can't do anything for four weeks now so there's that balance as well i get it because um especially for people that are very new like people if you imagine you came and joined the crossfit gym and you're coming like wow look at this wild thing that these guys are doing I could learn that. And then there's this whole um, uh, movement mastery element to CrossFit, which is cool because an adult, there's very few skills that you get to develop, especially physical skills anymore. So that's cool. I get that. But then there's other shit you can learn. Like there's some parts that are dangerous. I think also there's a big shift. There's, there's going to be an even bigger shift. I'll tell you for the next two years, we're going to see like the Marcus Philly approach. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think that's here already. I think that's yeah, deep. There's a, it's, it's very deep, but like the, the idea is that it's, it's going to it sort of distinguish itself yeah. from CrossFit. And uh, I definitely think things like the barefoot community is going mm. to be a lot more prominent. It's not just going to be a bunch of crazy ultra runners. It's going no. to be like a bunch of... You'll see CrossFit people. I mean, I'm wearing my Vivo barefoot yeah, right now. You, you bought me a pair of. I'm looking for yeah, trend as so new balances. those are the New Balance Minimus TRs. Those are actually a j- zero drop shoe. Okay. Which means from the heel to the toe, it's right. the same uh, drop. I prefer to wear shoes that are more flat uh, with a six millimeter drop. Okay. I wear barefoot shoes sort of 95% of my life. Do and you I wear, run in them? I used to run in them, yeah. but for durability reasons, I actually run in normal running shoes yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Because... 
I, I wear like uh, barefoot shoes, say 95% of the time. Yeah. And the 5% of my life where I'm training or something, I'll wear like running shoes, barefoot shoes for training or zero drop shoes or weightlifting shoes. I have only shoes as well. Could, could you do the amount of running volume you do or more in barefoot? Are people doing that? So I uh, feel like you'd need a little bit of cushioning. So I, w- I have a pair of shoes that I'm working with currently yeah. that are like the ones I gave you. They're called Ultra. Yes. Yeah, uh, I wear the Escalante 2.5s when I run. Those look sick. Those are fly-looking shoes. Well, they've got a wide toe, so everyone thinks they look like clown shoes. But I mean, uh. um, they're, they're, they're nice, but um, they I, I prefer the amount of cushioning. So during my massive weight loss, yeah. I was having a lot of IT band issues and lower back issues. Okay. And uh, I think I was listening to um, Nasima. Uh, I think that's the way you say his name. The guy who does Mark Bell's pro- uh, power project. Mm. He was doing a lot of sled work in Vivo barefoot shoes. Right. And I found a store in Dubai that sold them. So mm. I said, let me get a pair. I ran 400 kilometers in them and I had no more pain. Oh, wow. No, no IT band issues, no lower back issues. I slept amazingly. My okay. feet became stronger. I'm a big proponent of the barefoot movement. I wear, I have rock mats at home that I walk on to increase my proprioception of my, my feet. Yeah. I wear toe spaces. It's, uh, it's such a big thing now. I think um, you saying that the barefoot movement is coming in the next couple of years. I think that is kind of like the functional bodybuilding stuff is here as well. You look at the amount of like, even just on your Insta feed, the amount of um, comparisons to wearing like boxed in shoes versus spread feet shoes and what it should be doing to your feet is everywhere and it's good it's something that i think like you just said all those things you just said and the benefit had to you is low-hanging fruit and it's something that we can all pay more attention to it's incredible right it's like we kind of revert back to our primal selves and and we're thriving and it it, it sounds kind of like obvious but i um I, i read something once it was like how often do you consciously take your shoes and socks off and spend time barefoot like literally barefoot so you're talking about doing activities and exercises that encourage barefoot like the rock mats and the toe spaces is one thing but even just the amount of time you actually take your shoes off and just walk barefoot around outside or even do exercise with no shoes or socks on is that's enough you can just start with that and that will have massive uh strength benefits to your feet and to your proprioception as well Uh, absolutely but also there are a lot of people that might that need to ease into that because you know yeah don't go run 400k in flat foot yeah, or yeah. In, don't go buy vibrams and try and run 20k yeah yeah vibrams i don't i don't like the whole toe thing yeah, yeah uh yeah. it's it's a bit weird for me but like for example uh i did that yeah i don't recommend people doing that i no. i literally the first day i got my vivos i put them on and i ran 22k and it felt amazing okay i went off road where i live in maydan there's a lot of deer i tried chasing them <laughs> if you imagine <laughs> If you imagine <laughs> there's that episode of Friends where Phoebe runs with flailing her arms. Yeah, I was yeah. doing that because I was like, there's no pain. And you're chasing, <laughs> chasing, deer. Ch- chasing deer and offsetting the Bedouin out there. Yeah. Um, so what I did was... So which part don't you recommend? The chasing the deer part or running 20K? Yeah, uh, diving straight in. <laughs> Ease into things. Ease into things. <laughs> Ease into everything that you can. Talk to Craig if you need to really dive into something and he'll give you a level of how it's scalable. We'll tell you where the deers are and you can go. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But I mean, uh, barefoot shoes have changed my life. Okay. I, 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 my office shoes, barefoot. Yeah. But I, it's not a case of just people who might turn around and say, okay, it's just wearing barefoot shoes. But it's actually doing things. I go, so at work, I'll walk two kilometers at work. 
up and down. I don't use the escalators. I use stairs yeah. all the time. Yeah. My neat, my non-exercise activity yeah. thermogenesis is really high. Um, and then I, I do things like I try and step on rocks gingerly. Because <laughs> you never know how hard they are. I try and walk on the edge of pavements and stuff because I'm. I want to feel. Once I start feeling things in my feet, I feel like that's a good thing. You know, we work hard to callous our hands in the gym, but nobody thinks about callousing their feet. Yeah, and think that talking about um, your ancestors and what they'd be proud of and what they'd be fucking ashamed of us if you see us walking around with these cushion ass shoes and our very soft feet I mean yeah but again we live in a society where, where we live in a life where like consumerism is king right like I have all these Air Jordans at home yeah. and I will never wear them again yeah. I have Nike shoes they're, they're shoes that come out on the regular that I look at and I, I go oh, I'd do anything for those <laughs> shoes but if they don't serve me in the gym I have no purpose for them that's fair enough and um, that's just my, that's my burden, right? Who knows? Maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, you know what? I want a pair of Jordan those, ones. Those are too sick to pass on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with, uh, I understand that part of my ego. Yeah. And, and so to go back to the channel, I've been reviewing shoes, uh, bags. Uh, I did, I have a kettlebell that's the shape of a hammer. I've sent it to you. Yeah. Uh, I'll be doing that. It's from a company called Tribod, a really small company in America. Um, I'll be doing that. I have a 511 um, tactical vest that they had at the DFC. Yeah. I got one recently, and so I want to fill it up with sand. Sandbag ones. I did the Husafel sandbag. So I'm, I'm looking at doing a bunch of different things. And then I did a video on, on my weight loss yeah. and how I used money. To lose weight, yeah. which was a very clickbaity thing, but I felt it was something that needed to be said. You know, you got a good message across. Yeah, I went and saw a doctor. Mm. I got a personal trainer. I started drinking three liters of water a day, and I started sleeping anywhere from seven to nine hours a night. Yeah, and that's that's the the fundamentals are, are there. You know, if 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 you're at a point where you you're overweight and you can't spend the money on a personal trainer, make those sacrifices. Follow those few things, even if it means just cleaning up your diet walking and getting enough sleep you, you're more than halfway there for sure you know what i mean more than halfway there i think that's a great point to wrap this up man thank you so much i uh i really enjoyed hearing the story but i also really enjoyed you've been very vulnerable and i appreciate you coming down and sharing that shit with us thank and if you nice want to share my fans all 14 of them <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys thank you so much for having me on it's, no, it's this is this is a big thing for me as well you yeah, know like I'm to sure. uh, to to choose to be vulnerable. Um, I would just ask if, if anyone would like to check out my YouTube channel, you can at BDR than yesterday. Um, and I also am on Instagram with the same handle, Twitter, although nobody follows me on that. <laughs> I don't think anyone Twitters anymore. Everyone's on Instagram. And you know what? L leave a comment. Uh, l let's have a discussion, you know? And uh, I think this is one of those things where like this can have momentum. And, you know, just reach out, reach out to Craig, reach out to Emily. They, they are some of the nicest, most welcoming people I, I know who, who will listen to your story and give you solid advice. Uh, they might not be as rude as me, but, uh, you know, they, they would they'd be willing to. And you know what? I'll also try and be a better person and, <laughs> you know, reach out to me as well. Let's let's all encourage everyone to be better. Yep. Let's all just a little bit better than yesterday. That's all you've got to focus on. And the rest, the rest will fall into place. Thanks, man.
Thank you for having me. Pleasure.